السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم جميعا أيها المستمعين والمستمعات بلابلسنز في راديو إسلام إنترناشنال ولكم باك تحياة طيبة with myself معلمة شاكرة حنتا الحمد لله today being Friday afternoon we are discussing some beautiful topics inshallah and I will be joined on the line with Sister Mariam Khan and we'll also be looking at the topic of the importance of goal setting Jazakallah khair for your time we really value it and inshallah we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows this hour together to be one of intense inshallah development and change and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all for joining us today barakallah feekum don't forget today being the day of Jumu'ah take the time to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take the time to, perform, to make salawat upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and inshallah make as much dua as possible so we are looking at the importance of goal setting later on but right now we want to focus on life purpose and we want to understand when we speak about a life purpose what are we speaking about so a life purpose purpose is your it's firstly your focus and your intent now this is not something that everybody can just find or they just have it miraculously but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his infinite mercy and his infinite blessings Allah has created every single person on this earth with something that you know that that you know highlights or subhanallah under shows us what is your life purpose and who you are what is your your the, the, the shaping force of your life of, of your life so there are some people who might be who might be you know really really talented when it comes to teaching there might I might, might be others who have really really good vision there might be others who are good entrepreneurs but when you speak about life purpose there are many different understandings to it but a lot of times we make the mistake of thinking that it is something that it is not so let's focus on our learning and trying to understand what is a life purpose and if I am living a life that is full of purpose or full of ghafla and as a mu'min we have to always move away from this unmindfulness so what is a life purpose first it is your focus it is an intent it is a powerful powerful shaping force for your entire life so this obviously doesn't limit ourselves so we're going to discuss that later what it's not right but it includes your vision your core values and especially so your passion and the essence of who you are it is an expression of who you are when you are reaching your full potential and it is also the container in which you pour your life so subhanallah it encompasses all of your life it is lived throughout your life journey it's not the just destination and it is the role that you play in making the world a better place and i think this is the important part of it all is that it literally defines your impact on the world now when you when when you uh, you know think about it we always think about a life purpose is my job and that is not necessarily the one and the same thing your life purpose is something that will take different forms of your job as you uh, travel through your life as you change but your life purpose is the role that you play in making the world a better place so first and foremost your life purpose is not something that you should be doing like for example i should be studying or i should that's not a life purpose it's not limited by the role that you have and i guess you know what happens to us is that when we are a parent we think i'm my life's purpose is being a mother but being a mother is not something that is constant you know it's when your kids are small you're a mother you know for so many hours and so many days and all the time but as your children grow older that role changes if you are an employee you think okay this 
this is my role, my, 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 my life's purpose. But that's just a role of an employee in a company at that time. So your, your life's purpose has to be something that transcends your roles in a particular moment and time, right? And then it must be something, you know, when we think of a life's purpose, we think, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's inside me. No, and it, it, it includes other people. No, it's you have to understand that your life's purpose doesn't have to be something that is only something that you understand, right? It shouldn't also be coming from fear or lack of need or struggle to survive. You know, I have to do this because if I don't, I, something will happen to me. If I don't study this, if I don't do this, no. Your life's purpose doesn't come, it doesn't originate from any source of fear. Also, you have to understand that it is definitely not something that you achieve, you complete, it and you arrive at it and you carry on. No. A life's purpose is a continuous movement. It's a gentle sway of what you believe in and what you want to establish, right? So you can't say to yourself that my life's purpose is this and I want to do it and tick it off and finish. No. Your education is definitely not your life's purpose. Your experience is not. Even what people, other people expect of you. A lot of times we confuse us. We think that my life's purpose is tied to what people expect from me. Oh, I have a to-do list and that is my life's purpose. No. The reality is, it's something that you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has placed in every one of us. Some of us, it takes longer to get to that point. Some of us, it, you know, we can get to it earlier. But it is something that, that drives everything else that we do. It shapes the businesses, it shapes the roles, it shapes everything else. Now, some of the benefits of discovering your life purpose. Firstly, it serves as a measuring stick for your life's decisions. Every decision you make is measured by does this serve the passion that I have, that, that driving force, that life purpose? If I have a goal, this is my cornerstone, this is my benchmark. It helps you find meaningful work. It also allows you to involve yourself with other groups, with other people and other groups to involve in your work. It's also like a compass. It helps you keep on track. It guides you to the right thing. It also acts like this big, big neon sign. It redirects you when you get lost, when you get stuck. And you know what happens is, is you might have talents and you might have strengths and gifts and you might be aimlessly moving around. But when you have a life purpose, then what automatically what happens is it maximizes your talents and your strengths and the gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. And you will find that when you're producing efforts and you're trying to accomplish something, it produces results because it's linked to something else, right? And things generally tend to happen more easily. You know, there's less obstacles. Why? Because it's not random. You're not just randomly doing this or randomly doing this, randomly taking a job, randomly doing anything else. Your values, your beliefs, your daily decisions all begin to align underneath this life purpose, subhanAllah. And it also frees you from this unnecessary clutter from our life. You know, sometimes we have so many things going in our mind, but when you know that's not part of who I am, that's not part of what I want to be doing, so it immediately minimizes it and it gives you now room to express yourself, to know where you are, to be proactive, to not just be reactive all the time. You now live in a way where I choose to do this or I don't choose to do this, subhanAllah, right? It's much more long-lasting and it also allows you to endure different challenges that you might face. So when you are, you know, trying to live more intentionally, there's some questions that you have to ask yourself if you are living a life of purpose. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He tells us our main purpose is that, that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we find that, you know, worship of Allah. So everything that then goes with that will be 
in my life's purpose, am I worshipping Allah through this? In everything that is driving my life, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intrinsically joined to this? So we need to ask yourself these questions. Where are we going? If you want to live intentionally, do you really want to go there? How do you go about getting there? How and where and with whom do I actually want to go in that direction? Sometimes we have people with us, but they don't benefit us, they don't build us, they don't, you know, they don't actually develop us. So when you are asking yourself your questions, how do you want to do this? Who do you want to shade? How do you want to grow? As you are traveling through life now, you know, a ship travels and a ship is always free from rocks and other hazards. It's moving towards that lighthouse, right? So you have to ask yourself, what would represent my lighthouse? What would it be that I would want to, you know, highlight as my life's purpose? And then I think a very important question that you and I have to ask ourselves is what emotional blocks, what old patterns, what unhealed wounds, you know, what can we address? Especially sometimes we carry all of this baggage with us. So how can I, you know, look at these un these unhealed wounds? How can I heal myself so that it doesn't hinder me, so that I can become whole and I can live with this purpose? So. When you look at your life, and if you were writing a grand story of your life, what would be the theme that you would describe your life to be as, you know? What would you, what would be possible if you know, you know what, I want to live an inspired life. What would it be, what would it take for you to understand that? Now, obviously, in, in order to live a life that is inspired, and in order for us to live a life, we have to break old habits and break certain things that bring us down, subhanAllah. So it can be very difficult to tune out all the distractions of life. It can be. But subhanAllah, when you start to do that, when you start to tune up all of life's distractions, you are able to focus your energy on what truly matters. You start to live a bit easier because you are now focusing on what you are giving rather than what you are intaking. Inshallah, we'll take a short ad break and when we get back, inshallah, we will be chatting to Sister Maryam about living with goals and inshallah this will then tie into our understanding of our life's purpose. Barakallahu feekum. We'll chat after the break. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum jami'an ayyuhal mustami'een wal mustami'at. Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International, alhamdulillah. Welcome back to Hayatun Tayyibah with myself, Malima Shakira Hunter, here at Radio Islam International every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. Alhamdulillah, subhanallah. We thank Allah always for these moments when we can develop ourselves, develop our iman, our a'mal, and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today, alhamdulillah, in Hayatun Tayyibah, joining me is Sister Zakia, alhamdulillah. Sister Zakia is the owner of Paisley Modesty, and she's an amazing, amazing lady, lady with so much of talent, Allah Akbar, that I've been a fan for a long, long time. Alhamdulillah, she's created perfect garments. But we are focusing on something quite interesting today. You know, this journey of modest wear also inspired Sister Zakia's journey to studying deen and to getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to becoming an alima. So Sister Zakia, Jazakallah khair for joining us today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you for your time. Barakallah fiqh. This has been a long time in the making. So Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah for your kind words and du'as. Really appreciate it. I feel the same about you. Um, you're a great inspiration to me and I know to um, everyone around you. So alhamdulillah, I'm very excited to chat to you today. Alhamdulillah. So many people might you know, not know about the Paisley brand. First and foremost, how did it start? Tell us a little bit about you know, the background of it before we go into the, uh, the, you know, your actual journey of where you are right now. 
Alhamdulillah. Um, so Baisley is a fashion brand. It's actually, I, I started it off with specializing in kiddies clothing. So the whole idea behind Baisley actually started when I was a little kid where I really enjoyed um, expressing myself through clothing. And so as a little girl around five years old, I already started um, picking out the type of like clothing I'd like to wear or the colors that I'd enjoy and I would express that to my mom and she sort of encouraged that kind of um, creativity from me and um, alhamdulillah from there I decided I found a place where I could um, really learn the skill to sew and that became a bit of a challenge in the whole story where I I didn't really have access to the funding the type of funding that I needed for that. So I actually went out and looked for a bursary. And I think that's one of the stories that I just quickly want to touch on because it's been such a great inspiration in my life. Um, right. I looked for a bursary and I think most people don't really entertain the art industry. They, they don't really understand it or maybe it's not something they encourage for bursaries. And so what I did is I wrote out a like um, motivation letter on why I want to do this and what type of vision I have in the long run to empower women. And I send this out to private-owned businesses. And after a long, long wait, getting accepted in the institution I studied at, and at that time they were only accepting like a minimum amount of students. And uh, getting accepted, I literally needed to send the money in. It was quite a large amount. And the week before I needed to send this money in, I got get called only one call from everybody I sent it out to, and it was quite a lot. I get a call, and the gentleman sits me in. And um, a Muslim man, and he says to me, like, why do you want to study this? And I explained to him my uh, vision, and he says to me, give this to you because when I needed to study, um, somebody helped me, and I'll give it to you on two reasons, um, on two conditions, and one is that you never tell anybody where you got the money from, and number mm -hmm. two, um, you never contact me again. And he literally gives me a plan a blank check. It gives me a blank check. And at that time, I was 17. I had no idea if the check was going to really work. <laughs> right. That's the start of the journey of Paisley. So it's, it, I was helped. And in that reason and with, with the intention of it, um, I'd always like to give back to women. And um, it's a very big inspiration story for me to share with people on actually how I started. The brand I can imagine, subhanAllah. And you know, this is like obviously the help of Allah subhanAllah that comes in different ways as well. And so, you know, something that fascinates me about your brand, and I would really love to ask you about this, is the attention to detail. I know you, you know, my little girl has one of your dresses, and mashallah, it's so, so gorgeous. And uh, it's actually something that I don't even want her to wear because it's so beautiful. It's a little piece of art. Now, that is what I wanted to ask you. Is there intent behind it that you want it to be sort of a piece of art and the branding? and the packaging and everything that goes in with it? I don't think so. I think that's just something, I, I, I suppose I was created that way where it's so normal for me. Like even if I'm, if I'm doing something, I don't know any other way. Um, attention to detail is just like part of how I, I, I think I'm made where it, it doesn't make any sense to be any other way. So even if I have to just put it in a package, I would have to add, um, you know, that finishing detail because I always feel like when the mommy gets it or when you are yourself wearing it, I want you to know exactly how I felt while I was make, making it because it's a passion for me. I really, really love it and enjoy doing it. And I like that to show through in everything that I do because I always think of when the person receives it, 
that joy that they feel. I mean, at, at the end, if, if we can get that feeling to, to people through us, I mean, that's amazing. I'm through the will of Allah, obviously. But in, in everything that I do, I, I think of it through that. So it's a, because mm-hmm. it comes from a passion, it's, it becomes like a norm for me to express that through a creative point. Um, so, so there's a case I just wanted want to ask you now, you know, when you, when I look at, you know, a fashion brand, the last thing that, that crosses my mind is an alima or person studying Dean, you know, it's, it's the complete opposite. And recently we've been doing some fascinating interviews where we've been speaking to alimas uh, on the background of madrasas and how are, uh, you know, the um, different subjects that are taught, the way we, we, the, we establish makatib and other uh, alima classes. It's been very interesting. And uh, you are... You know, we're speaking to you from a different angle, and that is you are a student. And this is amazing. You are studying while you are running this extremely successful business. So how did your journey into Modest Wear spark your interest into learning more about Dean? How did those two just collide? So so based on my personality, I'm more of like a, I'm not going to blind follow anything. So when I when I started thinking about the fact that, okay, you are a Muslim, that would mean that there's a certain requirement on how we should dress. And in anything with Dean, I approached it in a very, um, you know, I tried for it to be more logical and I want to understand what the Quran and what the Sunnah um, talks about. And in understanding that, I started realizing, okay, this is why this has been such a struggle for me because um, we're approaching it from the opposite way. We're sort of like looking at it from, so if you walk into a shop, for example, you, see, you take a Muslim girl and you put her in, in a shop that's designed to cater for not dressing the way a Muslim woman is prescribed to dress. She's going to struggle, which is why I struggle. So I took the the idea in the opposite way now with like Paisley Modesty and with the Dean. And I said, okay, um, let's look at it from the approach of what we, the, the required dress is. And let's find a way for girls to, or firstly myself. So I was struggling to find anything which resonated with me, which was affordable, which um uh, covered the correct parts or where I didn't need to wear something inside, outside and make it work for me in that way. And that's how I decided, okay, if I feel this way, there's a lot of other girls that are probably feeling that way. And then I thought, okay, so I started my journey with um, wanting to be a designer or sewing because I enjoy creating garments. Why not take this sort of skill that I've used with my understanding of Dean and produce something where it's a form of risk, but there's also a great understanding of the Dean aspect that this is a verse from the Quran on how we should be clothed. And that's how, how Paisley Modesty has come about. Alhamdulillah. And, and Alhamdulillah, you know, owning a few of the garments, people always comment on it. They always ask me where do I have them from. So, you know what I love about it is something that I think I was, just, I was speaking to you about. is the fact that we want simple abaya. <laughs> you know, we want something simple but fashionable at the same time. And that's exactly how you feel. It's not over the top, but it's so beautiful. And I think that is, you know, as a mu'mina, as a believer, you, you we always struggle with this, isn't it? We struggle with the understanding of, I want to be beautiful because Allah has made me as a woman. I love beauty. I love all of this. But I don't want to at the same time take my beauty and throw it out there. So how do I bring this together? And alhamdulillah, may Allah bless what you have done. It's beautiful. And may Allah always, you know, inshallah, take you from strength to strength. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about your studying. And you are in Madrasa at the moment. Firstly, how are you juggling running a business and being in Madrasa and what year are you in? 
Alhamdulillah. Um, it's been very, very difficult. I at some point had to sit down and say to myself, you know, you, you're doing this on a part-time basis, but you're not getting to the objectives that your soul knows that you, that you need. I have a very cl- complex mind. I don't know if it's because it's a creative mind works differently. So my questions were getting too much to a point where she said to me, okay, I think this needs to become something where you're going to have to do it full-time. And then at that time, I had to really feel how am I going to do it? When I made the decision, I realized that um, I had started the journey, I would say, close to 10 years ago. And um, it was very, very slow because with a business, it's, it's very hard to balance everything. So I made a decision. Okay, just like how she has taught me, Salah is the first uh, thing that you start with in your day and then you work everything around th- that you don't first work around that uh, everything else and then salah comes second it's it's the same with the dean for me so i split my day into two at the moment i have my madrasa from the morning till about one one to two and the rest of the day then i can choose whatever i need to do whether it's my um designing or whatever so i have to plan my day really bulletproof for me to make everything work but i have made studying a priority over anything over dunya and i had to make that decision for it to become doable if i can say that i am currently in fourth year um so the load is going to come become much more and I think mm-hmm. that a decision has to be made at some point that, okay, this is going to overweigh anything that um, is sort of dunya focus. But I, the, the person that I am, I, I still want to um, create garments and stuff. It's just that I manage it based on what's going on at the time. And that's the mm-hmm. only way I was able to, to make this decision because it's a very hard decision and it's not something I just woke up one day and said, okay, this is what's going to happen. It was a lot of thought that was put in and the madrasa that I'm at also knows my situation. So they do try and assist from time to time based on the fact that I'm still running a business. So Alhamdulillah, I'm very fortunate for that. Alhamdulillah, that is so good. Alhamdulillah. So Zaki, let's move on a little bit now. You know, our sisters were li- listening in. One, I like the fact that you did admit that it is a struggle. It's not something easy to do, right? But when it comes to our daily, everyday hijab decisions and our, uh, you know, our modest decisions, do you have advice for girls who are struggling out there? And I recently read a post of a lady who said to me that she said that um, I, it's been a constant journey, but I thank Allah for always making me come back. And that's the reality of so many young girls out there is that, we think it's easy, you know, just put a hijab on your head, but it's not, it doesn't mean that to everyone. What advice do you have for sisters who are struggling? I think that um, it, it's much harder than most people understand. If you're born into a home that, that has encouraged us and, and taught us to you in a beautiful way, it becomes much simpler. But um, from my personal experience, I would say that if you are struggling, you need to start small. It needs to be something very small, one thing consistently. You need to say to yourself that from this day, this is the thing that I'm going to choose. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves when we choose one small consistent thing that we can um, live up to. And um, you need to just focus on that and and tell yourself, this is how I will start. So this will be the first day that this this is the thing that I'm going to do. And, and it will never go backward. And then you be proud of yourself for doing that. The other thing that I that I have to say is that when you are struggling with this, so it, it's who you're following on on your social media platforms, who you're surrounding your time with. Find people that 
are going to inspire you and you are going to resonate with because there are tribes out there. I mean, I personally follow um, females that inspire me or that would, I'm more likely to understand their approaches and they are bringing me closer to my team um, every single day. So I would say, are you following people on your Instagram that are going to promote that for you? Because that does matter. Subconsciously, we're consuming a lot of things that could make it easier for us or make it harder. So take one step at a time. Understand Allah SWT will love that one consistent step. Start small. So if that means keep the hijab in your hand or on your neck for months before you feel ready to put it on your head, then do that. That is literally the, the process that it could take for some to get into it. And that's okay. Alhamdulillah. That's so beautiful. Now, Alhamdulillah, sisters, okay, here on, on, on Hayat al whenever I interview, especially young women who are entrepreneurs, this is a great sunnah. It's a sunnah of Khadija radiallahu anha. It's a sunnah of our, our Zayd radiallahu anha. And it's so beautiful that women are doing it from their homes. They're doing it according to Sharia. So from that point of view, when it comes to running a business, what are some integral principles that you'd like to share with young women out there who are also running their businesses? I think honesty, I think I think it shows through in everything. So as a Muslim woman, you should know that um, every whether you're sending the garment out, whether you're responding to a message, whether you've made a mistake, whether it's something that you're putting out, it shows through in your work. And I think you get to deal with Muslim and non-Muslim people, and you actually um, are an ambassador at that point. So, in anything in life, when you when you use your words, when you when you when you create anything, you become an ambassador and an extension of Islam in that moment. So, everything you're going to do, or when you're going to speak to people, you need to keep that in mind. It's a great means also for dawah, and I look at it in that way. And it's subtle things, but um, just to give a small example, I have I have suppliers who would. Um, would feel so uh, comfortable to leave a product with me without even um, having counted anything. And that sort of thing is, it, it might seem like something small, but that is what our religion would teach us to be like. And that actually imprints in the mind and that could just click for someone that's maybe not in the deen that, hey, that becomes, that is normal that is a normal practice that they truly believe in. So it's it's much more than us just thinking that, um, you know, I'm, I'm Muslim separately and then I run a business separately. It does always um, become one thing and you should look at it holistically as a means of dawah. Because for me, that, that has um, really been really, uh, a special thing for me to express to people. Alhamdulillah. So let's now go back to your journey in Madrasa. And Alhamdulillah, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm just piecing it all together for our listeners, letting them get to know the lady behind the branding, the alima, the modest way, mashallah, and bring it all together. In your studies itself, Alhamdulillah, your major part of your studies, obviously Arabic, it's obviously tafsir. Has that impacted your own self-discovery, your own change in your life? Definitely. I, I, I think if if you don't, uh, if it doesn't change you, I, I actually don't understand how that would happen because the more you study, I think firstly, what the more I study, the more I realize, okay, how little I know um, and how much there is to learn. And it's really like I've already made, I'm in acceptance with the fact that I will need to study forever to really feel <laughs> like, 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 I'm going to be um, not even worthy, but I, it, I'm going to need to study forever to know anything because there's okay. so much to learn. And no. it made me, it's made me realize that, um, you know, 
when we when we are dressing anything in life and when you don't come from a home away this is now a norm for you you don't really understand that in islam there is every everything that you want to know or you unsure about or you thinking of but there is an answer there and there's there's a way that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would have spoken about it mm-hmm. for me that's beautiful because being a muslim means it's a holistic thing so how do you drink your water um how do you eat how do you deal in business there's there's a holistic um ideology to the whole thing so for me what better way than to like delve into that continuously so definitely it's made me change it's made me change on a day to day life how i do things and uh, inshallah i hope that with more influence and with more time i keep changing all of us as sisters the more we get put into this sort of environment it becomes easier um the, the people i'm surrounding myself also they in more encouraging towards alhamdulillah and i think that that's also important for sisters um being in an environment like that so that it can become easier for you to make those changes with the people that have studied the deen and can encourage it for you inshallah inshallah subhanallah i've got goosebumps listening to you alhamdulillah and i make dua that allah accepts your journey inshallah and allah subhanahu blesses you with all of your heart's desires and uh, sister zakia you know when whenever we look at the deen of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we there's so many different ways that we want to get close to people we want to get close to the deen of allah and we're always shy to do this we shy to express it we shy to you know to show people that i'm a mu'mina i'm a muslima but i i commend you mashallah for doing this for taking to your instagram and being so confident in showing young girls out there that it's okay it's okay to be beautiful it's okay to be successful but at the same time it's okay and it is definitely what we're supposed to be doing is choosing the deen of allah subhanahu so may Allah bless you abundantly and jazakallah for your time any last words inshallah I just want to say to to every every muslima out there that um inshallah we can all use the words that we speak and the actions that we do as um a means of dawa and to encourage girls into hijab never ever make it a means um you know for anything else other than the purpose to bring people to understanding the deen and to love the deen and to anybody that's wanting to start but not knowing um if you're going to manage take a try just start you're welcome to message me and i know there's a lot of ladies like me that i will always encourage you because it is possible and it will be worth it in the end inshallah amen and jazakallah for your time inshallah thank you inshallah have a beautiful blessed friday so to zakia keep us in your du'as assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh barakallah wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Listeners, alhamdulillah, you've been listening to Hayatun Tayyiba with myself, Malima Shakira Hanta, alhamdulillah, here at Radio Islam International every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoon. Barakallah feekum, we'll take a short ad break and when we get back, inshallah, we'll continue with the conversation.